Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep... Keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Boss Offer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Yes, we open with Shaggy and the Sting. Apparently, they are a thing. And we now know that thanks to the NHL. Uh, can't say I've ever heard anything from uh, Sting and uh, Shaggy until today uh, when the NHL announced that they'll be, be performing ahead of uh, Game 3 tomorrow night in Washington of the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's why we open up with Shaggy and Sting. Dustin, did you know, you're a big music guy, did you know that they were uh, together making songs? I heard they were touring together. Oh, really? Okay. So there you have it. Yeah, <laughs> you learn something new every day on Oilers now. Very strange combination. Mm-hmm. Like, when's the last time Shaggy even had a song? Or at ninety-eight, ninety-seven. Yeah. So, yeah, and Sting's been around for a long time. So it's interesting, but uh, yeah, that is uh, Washington's answer to Vegas. When it comes to the pregame entertainment uh, category, heading into the Stanley Cup Final, the first ever uh, game of this Stanley Cup Final in Washington. For Alex Ovechkin and uh, Nicholas Backstrom, Braden Holpe and company. I can't wait for tomorrow night. Hey, that song does sort of tie in because we have to wait another night. The song is called Don't Make Me Wait. We have to wait another night until we get some hockey because there is no sports action tonight. Although, there is an Eskimo game right here on 630 Chet that you can listen to. We'll talk to a Dave Campbell later on in the show about that, uh, the Eskimos' final preseason game. Johnny Menzel, by the way, making his Hamilton Tiger Cats debut tonight in the preseason. It sounds like he'll uh, play 10 to 15 plays or so in that game. We'll see what he does. I'm rooting for him. Um, Clearly, he's went through a lot, and uh, he's made a lot of mistakes, his own mistakes. And uh, it seems like he's manning up to those mistakes and uh, focusing on football here. So good for him. I think... uh, He's uh, looking at this opportunity in front of him, thinking it won't be easy. He's here to try to uh, resurrect his football career. He has the talent. We'll see if uh, he can capture the Canadian game in his uh, preseason debut tonight. We'll talk more about that with Dave Campbell at 145. Bob Stoffer is at the NHL Combine. I should mention Oilers Now, as always, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex and Chet have teamed up. We use Digitex for their copiers and printers, and the service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at Big Savings, digitexsupplies.ca. 
Bob Stoffer coming up here at about 12.15ish from the Combine in Buffalo. At 12.35, your Friday favorite, it's Elliot Friedman, brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have Nazareth. August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca at the River Cree Resort and Casino. 105 Al May will join us out of Washington, NBC Sports, to set up Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. 135 Bob uh, caught up with Oilers assistant GM Keith Gretzky at the Combine, and uh, we'll run that interview for you. See uh, where Gretzky's headspace is at, heading into uh, the physical testing aspect of the Combine on Saturday. Of course, uh, the Oilers Brass has been uh, in Buffalo all week long interviewing players. Gretzky saying they've interviewed about 17 players a day. So that will uh, happen at 135, and then Dave Campbell, our Eskimos analyst, at 145. You can text us 630-630. Call on our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. Every Tuesday on Oilers Now, it's Stoffer Inspector, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, HRA Live Racing at Northlands this Saturday. So lots to hit on. We will uh, talk about the draft. I'll, I'll get to a clip or two from Keith Gretzky uh, ahead of that 135 interview. We'll also talk about the news of the day out of Washington, not the fact that uh, Sting and Shaggy are performing. Uh, it, it is that Evgeny Kuznetsov was on the ice for the Capitals' optional skate today. Barry Trotz, after practice, had this to say about the Capitals' center. Yeah, no, he hasn't been cleared. Uh, he's day-to-day uh, and probably a game-time decision. So that's the latest, although all the reporters out of Washington saying it looks like Kuznetsov will likely be cleared tomorrow and play in Game 3 as we get to NHL Today, brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. Game 3, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. We mentioned Kuznetsov. It's also uh, the first game in Washington of the Stanley Cup Final. And uh, Barry Trotz is hoping the fans rock the red tomorrow night. Well, I think just uh, just as Vegas got energy off their crowd, I think we're going to be able to do the same uh, from our crowd. Uh, I know our fans are stoked. Uh, you saw, you know, we, we paid attention to them. Uh, obviously, uh, when we're in Vegas, you could see all the stuff and uh, what's happening on the streets, and you talk to your neighbors and all that, and you go down our street, and there's flags all over, and, you know, they're all rocking the red. So, um, yeah, I, I'm glad the city's uh, having fun with it. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, we're going to need their energy. We're playing a very good opponent, and uh, uh, we'll take every ounce of energy they can get. Well, we average about seven. Oh, I double-clicked there. That's my bad. I was trying to get the next clip ready, and I actually fired it. So uh, we are going to get to a clip from uh, Keith Gretzky here. That, of course, was uh, Barry Trotz, and uh, he's talking about Game 3 in Washington tomorrow night. That's NHL Today, brought to you by our friends over at Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. Bob Stopper coming up here shortly. He did catch up with Keith Keith Gretzky earlier today, talking about how many players they interviewed, uh, what they'll be looking for at pick number 10. With McDavid and uh, Drysaddle down the middle, you have Nugent Hopkins. It would be safe to assume the Oilers will look out, you know, to bolster the wing or the back end with that pick. But Gretzky says they will likely take the best player available. Well, we look at it as is what we like as a as a group and a player. And when we've done our lists and we've met, we put in, you know, we talk about those things. But we're going to put our list together and put the best player. And if it's a right winger, a left winger, a centerman, or a defenseman. 
we're going to put them up where we believe that you know we would draft them. And if it happens to be a right winger that's over a defenseman or a centerman, we'll we'll do that. But you know we'll we'll take the best player. That sounds a little bit like GM speak to me. I think that uh, when it comes down to it, the Oilers will take a winger or a defenseman, and I think they would like to get a defenseman, but it depends who falls to them at number 10. More on that as we move forward. All right. We will have some time for interaction throughout the show as well. You can text us 630-630. We need to talk a little bit about J.R. Smith as well. I mean, wow. Uh, I don't know if you feel for the guy or not. Uh, Clearly... A mental mistake last night. No other way to say it in my mind. You somewhat feel bad for the Cavaliers because that may have been their best shot at winning a game in this series. And perhaps they would have, uh, you know, casted some doubt Golden State's way. But now, if you're Golden State, you win that game, you go to overtime, and uh, you sort of step up and just close out the Cavaliers. And uh, you look pretty good moving forward here. So... I mean, Cleveland clearly let one slip away last night. They had 4.7 seconds left. J.R. Smith, good job getting the rebound, but a mental mistake. As he felt that Cleveland apparently was up by one or two, and he tried to uh, kill the rest of the clock. LeBron James was shouting at him, and uh, in the end, it uh, didn't work out. So, everyone making fun of uh, J.R. Smith today. Sort of reminds me of the Chris uh, Weber moment uh, in the uh, 93 NCAA championship game when he tried calling a timeout uh, for Michigan. They ended up losing that one, and they didn't have a timeout. So a mental mistake for J.R. Smith, but, uh, you know, the Cavaliers let one slip away. We'll talk a little bit about that. Does anything come to mind when you watch J.R. Smith last night watching sports, uh, a blunder of that magnitude on the biggest stage? Also, we'll talk about Johnny Manziel a bit today on the show as he makes his debut for the Hamilton Tiger Cats tonight. You know what? We're going to bring aboard Bob Stoffer right now. He is on the line. We'll have to get to the break after Dustin, so you may have to do some maneuvering there. But Bob is out in Buffalo at the Combine. Bob, and we'll get to the hockey stuff in a second. I'm sure you watched some of that NBA game last night, and the talk in sports right now is J.R. Smith and that mental mistake last night. Have you ever seen anything like that? Well, you mentioned Chris Weber. I don't think were you actually born when that occurred with Chris. <laughs> well, Weber? I was ninety three. Yeah, I was. A, I was. A, I was a youngster. You're a, youngster. a toddler, I guess. <laughs> you know, and and the Fab Five at that time had really kind of taken NCAA basketball uh, by storm. I mean, there was a terrific ESPN thirty for thirty on it, and those guys were electrifying performers to watch. And um, you know, that was also at a time in which uh, Duke was an absolutely reviled program throughout NCAA basketball. So uh, that's one of the ones that's closest to me. I mean, the significance of it and the fact that it can change a series, but because if Cleveland wins that game last night, I'm with you. It, I, I think I think that was their best hope to, to gain some traction because clearly they're outmanned. I mean, it's LeBron basically going up against four All-Stars. They needed to win the opening game. Uh, they didn't, and... I think back to, and it's a different situation because the Montreal Canadiens in 93 were not as good, anywhere near as good as Golden State. But I remember Marty McSorley getting the uh, penalty uh, in game two between L.A. and Montreal in Montreal. And, you know, the Canadians tying the game on the power play and then winning it in OT. Uh, Eric Desjardins getting a hat-trick in that game. And it completely changed the complexion of the series. You know, at L.A. Uh, were leading at the time that McSorley got called for the illegal stick. I personally think the illegal stick call is a gutless call. It's 
sign of desperation. But in that situation, it worked, and it helped Montreal Canadiens gain a foothold and, and change the complexion of the series. I don't know how Cleveland Brendan comes back from that last night. I, I, that's the, you know, some of the comments today, uh, you know, I guess you take the player at his word, sort of, but I just feel for LeBron because he's such a terrific player. And, uh, and they need everything to go right to be Golden State. And we know in sport, you know, momentum can change quickly and sometimes it changes game to game, but I, I'm not convinced that the Cavs will be able, able to overcome that. Yeah, you do feel for LeBron after putting up 51, and that was his uh, highest point total in an NBA Finals performance. So it was incredible to watch him last night. But uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. This uh, text here, Bob says he remembers when Patrick Stefan, of course, missed the empty net and Hemsky scored to tie it up. That's a little bit different, though. I think that was just a you know, a, a mistake with the puck bouncing over a stick there, whereas last night it was more of a mental mistake. Yeah, and it was a regular season game. What was interesting about that is Earlier in that year, at home, uh, the Oilers had a goal called back on a blown call. Craig McTavish got pretty upset and uh, uh, heavily criticized the official who lost sight of the puck. The Oilers would have had a chance to tie. And in that situation, you know, fast forward to the next game in Edmonton between the two teams. And, you know, uh, Patrick Steffen, who was number one back in 1999, I remember that uh, draft because that was the year the seeds went two and three, but... Uh, and Brendel went fourth. I mean, wow. You don't, you don't see <laughs> it, it, teams do so much, and we'll get to it in a second. But, uh, you know, the irony of, of this step and miss is that it provided the Oilers with an opportunity to get a point out of the game. Because if I recall correctly, uh, Dallas ended up winning that in a uh, shootout or an overtime. But the Oilers at least got a point, the same point that they got robbed the previous time the two teams played on a blown call. So some people might have thought that was poetic justice. Yeah, you can text us 630-630 if anything else comes to mind uh, in terms of blunders in sports. All right, so you're at the Combine, Bob. I know uh, you did two interviews with Keith Gretzky today, one for uh, Oilers TV and one that we will run at 135. I ran uh, the clip earlier about taking the best player available, and uh, it seems like, uh, you know, that's sort of GM speak in my mind because I do think the Oilers would lean towards a winger or a defenseman uh, at that pick if one of those guys is there, but uh, we'll wait and see. What else do you did you say they would lean to a winger at that pick? Well, no, I said winger or a D. No, Instead well, of a center. Gonna, no, I think it'll be, a, well, I mean, if Wallstrom falls to 10, then it's going to be a winger. But uh, yeah, to me, it's going to be a D or a center. Just oh, based D or on center, what, okay. I, what, I, what I expect left there. Um, this is, this is you know what? This, to me, is going to be, it's a different draft. Like, last year we came down here and the Oilers drafted 22nd, and we had an idea that... Uh, Keith Gretzky had specifically targeted skill. They'd gone in. They'd seen Kyler Yamamoto a bunch. They weren't concerned about his size. Um, and we, you know, we had an idea that he was going to be the type of player. Now, for the listeners, I mean, the biggest thing that I can reiterate is it's my belief that Keith Gretzky targets uh, hockey sense. You know, he because if, if you can think and process the game and you've got some compete, well, then you got a chance to play. So think uh, when you're sitting there reading your bar files on various different players, if you're really into it, look for the players that have got hockey sense, elite hockey sense, because those are the guys uh, that move ahead. But I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think there's a lot of wide variants. I mean, we all know who's going number one. Rasmus Dahlin's going number one. Most people think Svechnikov's going two. Does Zadina go three? How high has Dobson moved up? Uh, Ottawa's head scout is based... Uh, where Dobson plays junior high, he's based in Moncton. So he spends a lot of time 
uh, watching the likes of a of a Dobson in uh, uh, in junior hockey, right? So he would have seen him a lot. Uh, they have the fourth pick. Dobson had a tremendous Memorial Cup. You know, we've mentioned a couple times over the last week or two. We're hearing Kachuk is sliding a bit. I'm not sure why, based on how Matthew Kachuk is. Uh, you know, you do a redo of that 2016 draft. There's no question Matthew Kachuk's ahead of Yes, Poliarvi right now. So maybe that won't be in the case at two or three years from now. Maybe Poliarvi will, you know, really acclimatize to North America and the others will grow him out. But Matthew Kachuk became an NHL player in a hurry and a very effective one, you know, on a team that made the playoffs a couple of years ago with Calgary Flames in his first year. So, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is I got, uh, Dalling is one. I could see Dobson in the top five, and then those three forwards in the top five, and then and then it could be a run of deep, Brendan. You know where we're talking the likes of uh, you know Quinn Hughes and uh, you know Bouchard, Boquist. You know, like where do those guys go? And then you get into you know Wallstrom uh, up front as well. So I'm I'm missing a little of D, but. Uh, Anyhow, bottom line is, I think Edmonton's going to get a good player at 10, uh, but we could see some movement with the picks. I'm not necessarily convinced Edmonton's prepared to trade up, but we are hearing that there's some teams that are willing to trade down. And I think that the reason why we're hearing that there's some teams willing to trade down is there's people that maybe have see value in a guy that might go ninth or 10th or that they think they could go ninth or 10th and they might have a 6th or 7th pick. Only time will tell them that um, in that regard. Just quickly on Wallstrom, Bob, I had a lot of people texting in yesterday saying uh, they want the Oilers to get Wallstrom if he's there, and of course you need to slide a little bit, but I had one interesting text say the last time that the Oilers drafted a one-dimensional shooter score, uh, they drafted Yakupov, so he said he didn't want Wallstrom to be the pick, but uh, when it comes to hockey sense for Wallstrom, what are you hearing uh, on him? Oh, I don't think, you know what, I, I think that there were some question marks with Neil Yakupov and his draft year that people just overlooked uh and it and that's not how revisionist history everybody had neil yakupov as the number one pick in the 2012 nhl draft like let's not go back and say oh no 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 that's that's the way it was you go back at all the guys all the and the truth is yakupov nobody knew how yakupov would coexist uh with his teammates and i don't mean that in a negative way in terms of he didn't get along with his teammates I mean, in terms of sharing the puck and giving and going and working to get open. And, like, you look at a guy like Patrick Liney with the Winnipeg Jets, and he knows how to find open spots in the ice. Alexander Ovechkin, I mean, he might line up on that left half side, but he's moving around to open up and create space for himself for passes to get through. So, um, you know, Svechnikov is a far better prospect than Yakupov was. He's bigger, he's stronger in 2012. And Oliver Wallstrom, for me, I mean, he is, I'd, be, I'd be stunned if he was there at 10. The guy that I'm sensing, and this isn't from conversations with Edmonton, there's four other teams that are here in the hotel, and I've talked to personnel from all four of their organizations. Uh, the, the, the consensus for a lot of people, the swing guy in the top 10 is going to be Adam Boquist and where he will fit. And uh, do you want to know why he might be a bit of a swing guy, Brendan? Yeah, sure. I, right. I like him. He looks good to me, so... How many defensemen in the league are top four NHL defensemen that are under six feet? Uh, well, I believe you said ten in your interview with Gretzky, right? I don't even think there is ten. <laughs> okay. so, ten or under, yeah. Like, sure. Yeah, like, I mean, okay, so Tory Crew, Tyson Berry, Ryan Ellis, uh, Jared Spurgeon, but there's not a lot of uh, Goligoski, 
right? There's like five or six guys off the top of my head that I could name right away. The point in this, you know, Carlson's exactly six feet. But you still have to be able to defend. And there is a movement to skilled puck-moving defensemen, absolutely. But they got to be now a guy like Ty Smith, who I think will be pushing to be in the top ten, but might not be in the top eight. Uh, I do think that he can defend well enough. I just don't know how high the offensive ceiling is. Boquist's offensive ceiling might be higher, but he might be a poor defender. So these are the sort of questions and things that have to get discussed. Bob, we need to let you go there because uh, Wilkins has a great cup remote coming up that we need to get to. All right. Well, see you, Brendan. Have fun. (laughs) Thanks, man. We'll talk to you again on Monday. That's Bob Stoff, a regular host of this program. Yes, we need to get to uh, that remote. We need to get to a break as well. But uh, we'll take that break now, and we'll come back here on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. 1229 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you on Oilers Now. You just heard Reed Wilkins live on location outside uh, Commonwealth Stadium there from 12 to 4 today. Dustin, is it still raining outside? Uh, I think it's uh, letting up. Okay, well, yeah. I was going to say I feel bad for Reed having to uh, broadcast out in the rain, but then I just saw on Twitter that he has a nice little tarp over him, so I don't feel bad at all. So uh, Reed's having some fun there. And, yes, tickets go on sale for the Grey Cup at 2 o'clock today, ticketmaster.ca, or you can go uh, visit Reed on location right now. It's 12.30 in Edmonton. We need to uh, take a time out for the 12.30 news. When we come back, we'll be joined by our regular Friday contributor, Elliot Friedman.